Hi, and welcome to the Sailorville Church Podcast. My name is Abe Miller, here with Pat Nimmers once again. Once again, great to be back with you, Abe. Man, I feel like it's been a long time since we've done one. It's been like all summer. We've been running around and gone and trips and vacations. and Well, yeah, but I think we've squeezed a couple of them in when you've been home, when you're not on vacation, which it seems like you've been on a lot. <laughs> Some of it has been vacations. No, Some you, of it has been ministry trips. And, yeah, well, what do you like to do? You, you, that you've had it in your blood most of your ministry life to be outdoors. Yeah, uh, I always likened you to be. I've always said, Abe, when he, when he, when, when Abe gets what he wants to do, he's going to be out there cutting trees down, <laughs> making log cabins, and and bringing a bunch of guys out with them. But you're not doing that. But you are bringing guys to a certain place. What is that, and what's that all about, anyway? Yeah, we well, we've done done a. It started with. When I was the youth pastor here, we started doing youth trips up to the Boundary Water Canoe Area, uh, wilderness trips up there. So it's more leadership development. And then we started doing men's trips. So I've done several men's trips. So this summer I did a I did a youth trip in June, and then we did a men's trip in July. So uh, yeah, go up to northern Minnesota and get to be outside and enjoy God's creation and be with the guys. And it's a really rewarding and fun um, just time to be. No phones, no computers. But you make it sound so romantic. I it mean, is. this is sort of an arduous thing. I mean, I've heard about the Minnesota state bird and the uh, uh, Canadian state bird, whatever, the mosquito yes. eating you alive oh, yeah. by rainy days and yep. soaked tents. And well, It's not an easy trip. I mean, it's, but I think that's the part that's the beauty of it. It kind of breaks everybody down and humbles everybody and we're all on the same page. And then God gets to kind of do his work, it seems like, and everyone's heart. So, yeah. Yeah. And as you know, I, I love those kinds yeah. of trips yep. and, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't think that one's probably rough enough for, for yeah. me to join. One of these days, Lord willing, I'll join you. Yep. It'll still, su- still waiting for that day. <laughs> we'll see if that ever happens. Well, there are a lot of things that you really were on those trips and a lot of summer is just, you know, we're all like two ships in the night passing one another, but so many things are going on. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, our listeners should know, and we would ask you if you're a Christian to be praying about our, uh, newest church plant, the eighth church in the engaged network, the seventh church plant, Eden church, uh, shepherded by John Nemers, yep. uh, will begin on September 17th. And we actually, uh, recognize all of that core group this Sunday, and then they're off and running and uh, getting ready for their big launch, aren't they? Yep. Really excited to see that. Excited to see the core group come together and what God's going to do on the north side of Des Moines. Really yeah. excited. Very excited. And you've been one of John's mentors. And another thing in the Engage Network, since we bring it up, is our, uh, uh, I think it was our fifth church plant. Is our fifth or sixth? I'm, I'm uh, New City Church in, uh, in Ankeny. Uh, been meeting the last few years, and they were just able to purchase the former Keystone Church building. Uh, the former Keystone Church building there on Ankeny Boulevard is now officially New City Church, and they will launch their very first building, or not very first services in that building on the 27th. Yep. So that's a big deal. And then, Abe, just quickly, what hap- something happens here on the 27th. Yeah, so the we've been doing a building remodel, a major building remodel of the old part of our church building. So that's coming to a conclusion here, even this week. It's supposed to be wrapping up, and then we're going to hopefully 
move in, kind of have an open house on August 27th. On yeah, I know. For our listeners, we basically doubled the size of our footprint several years ago, and then we decided to do a, a major renovation of the old part of the building, still very structurally sound, and it was a major renovation to tie it all together. Yep. And our church people have been have been uh, restricted from the east side up and down for a year now, and it's all going to be open. We're ecstatic about uh, uh, extending ministry opportunities, and as you said, that's going to happen in just a couple weeks. So a lot of yeah. things happening, and God and God has provided the 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 monies that have come in to finish that project debt free, which is just a huge blessing, huge answer to prayer yeah. as God has provided through His people. Yeah. So Super grateful. Cool. Of course, it frees up to, us up to do so many other things. So, yep. Yeah, so we had. Uh, I guess we'll move into the the message from Sunday. Uh, you preached the message on part two of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? The yep. roles we did uh, a couple weeks ago. You did the the kind of the first part, and then you added. Um, just kind of quickly give us an overview of that, and then we'll. There's some good questions here, some good co- topics to discuss about the Holy Spirit. Well, br- briefly, uh, and I uh, it was probably about thirty plus years ago that I was contemplating the the multifaceted ministries of the Holy Spirit, and how do you remember them all, you know? And, uh, you know, you could do a lengthy series, and certainly that would be a good thing to do. Or you could uh, do—I just came up with just a crazy idea one day. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get a bunch of people on the platform and give them something demonstrative to do to demonstrate different aspects of the Holy Spirit. And if our listeners were to go to YouTube, they could actually see that. Kind of hard to envision it if you're just listening, but— I I um I have uh, listed 13 present active works of the Holy Spirit and each person behind me and there are 15 people because it took three people to demonstrate intercession uh did different things and super enjoyable very interactive the audience was involved the entire time and of course I put it in two messages because that allowed it, that allowed me to teach and preach uh, while going through those uh, steps, so a lot of fun, and hopefully very instructive. Yeah, it was. It was a. It's a good. It was a good visual to see that because I think a lot of times we just you say the the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit power or filled or you know there's just so many different aspects that I think we don't we don't recognize, we don't see, we don't remember. So it was a great reminder for a lot of us, but it was um, and just encouraging too, mm-hmm. um, especially like the. The um seemed like the the intercessor part, the intercession that seemed like to go over well. It seems like we got a lot of feedback from that with um, the praying, the praying, and the, and then the spirit interceding to the Father. Seemed like there was a lot of feedback on that one. Well, there was a lot of feedback, and it was most almost all positive. Uh, uh, I, in fact, I can't think of anything negative that took place, but but it some of it was. Uh, the exegetical part of it, you know, I mentioned the fact that in Romans uh, 8, 26 and 27, for one thing, it tells us the Holy Spirit is an interceder. We don't normally think about him as as interceding. We think of Jesus as our intercessor, and he is, but very clearly, not once but twice in that passage, we're told that he intercedes, and he used, a, if you'll remember, a couple of different words. One means to bend over, kind of picture somebody bending over and listening in on, and the other one is an antonym to... Uh, the word for sin, harmartia, it's basically a word which, which harmartia means miss the mark, but this word intercede means uh, hit the mark. So it's really cool. It's it's where 
and I illustrate it with, uh, if you'll recall, with uh, my daughter who was three, taking her mother and I into the bedroom to show us very proudly the bed she'd made. And sure enough, she'd made the bed, but it was completely disheveled. But she was proud because she got the pillow underneath it, and you know the the cover pulled up. And and of course, we praised her. And as I was walking out of the room, uh, praising her with my back to the bedroom, I just kind of looked back and I saw my wife straightening out the sheets, tucking in the pillow and straightening up the bed. And I thought to myself, in that moment, I thought to myself, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does to my prayers. And I think most of our prayers probably look like that, but it's one thing to say, oh, that's really cool. The Holy Spirit straightens them out and presents them to the Father. But it's it should be super encouraging to you, the listener, if you're a Christian, because this ministry of the Holy Spirit, again, that's Romans 8, 26 and 27. That's telling you to pray. It doesn't matter whether you're struggled. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to pray. It doesn't matter if you don't know the words. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, just if you're struggling, how, whether you should pray this way or that way, just pray because the Holy Spirit's going to straighten them, them out. That's very, that should be super encouraged. I mean, even as I say it, I'm mm-hmm. encouraged myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's really encouraging. I think that that was going to be my question of why do you think that resonated so well with people? But you kind of just answered that of, of even though people don't know how to pray. Cause I, I think we all have been in those moments where it's like, man, Lord, I am struggling right now to like even put yeah. my thoughts together. I feel like I'm, I'm distracted. I'm thinking about other stuff, but I know I need to pray. I know yeah. I need to spend time with the Lord. J.I. Packer again says, don't fret, just pray. God fixes our prayers on the way up. And then I love this. If he does not answer the prayer we made, he will answer the prayer we should have made. Mm. What a great line. And that's an encouragement to pray. So that's the reason why I think it was so encouraging to so many. And I kind of, and it was the very first point, you know, as we continue the message. Uh, my only regret was I, maybe I should have moved it to the end because I think that would have been a, a great thing to end the message on. So if I have a regret, I kind of wish I'd have put that toward the end. I really uh, do. Uh. Yeah. The w- Were there any other ones that, that you get feedback from that seemed to resonate with people like specifically out of the 13? None more than that none one. more than that, because that had such a, um, that had such a, uh, like, oh my goodness, I, I never knew that, you know, that, that we had several of those things. And some people were kind of like, I just never thought about the fact that that's what he's doing. He's straightening out my prayers, you know? And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the, all the other ones, something was said about them, you know, uh, the fact that he illuminates us and helps us to see things. He's the one who turns the, you know, the proverbial light on, you know, so to speak. And, um, uh, and comforts us. And, and just the idea, I got a text from a man in our church whose wife passed away a few months ago. Really, really cool text. And he just, you you could almost see the tears in the text. He was so comforted by the, the fact that the spirit comforts us. And I made the comment, the Holy spirit goes where no one else will and comforts as no one else can. That meant a ton to him. It just meant so much to him. Uh, and I took it to mean that he has experienced that comfort and, uh, and maybe helped him because, you know, he doesn't have his wife. She was a great comfort to him, but you know, we have a greater comforter than our spouse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did write that down in my notes too. I really appreciated that, that truth of 
you know, only the spirit can comfort at times. You know, a lot of times we run to people, spouse, kids, and you mentioned this, you know, yeah. like we, we run to a lot of different things and really there are those moments it's like, I got nothing else. I mean, yeah. I, I've tried everything else. I've gone to all these different places, whatever. And realizing that, man, only the spirit can, can, can comfort me in this you, moment. You know, just before this podcast, I got a text from somebody who's very, very dear to me. And they just received some news that is uh, troubling, to say the least, and uh, health news that was troubling. And, uh, you know, my heart just went out to this person right away. And this person, they've got together. They've got a, they've got a great walk with God. They've got a great spouse, got a great family. They got a lot of great things going for them. But in the text, this individual said, God just really challenging us to trust him more and lean into him more, which I loved that response. You would expect that from a godly person. And it, it was, it also told me that, you know, this, this would be a person who could easily lean into uh, their spouse or their pastor or, uh, but again, the parakletos, the one who comes alongside to help us does so in ways nobody else can do it. We have to believe that if you're a follower of Jesus, be comforted and encouraged by that. Yeah. And I think this is a good segue into some of these other questions that we have. There's a lot of things we could talk about, so we're just going to kind of pick a couple of these. But, like, you know, he, the, the Spirit illumines, he guides, he comforts. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially as pastors, we give counsel, we give direction, we give guidance, we give try to give wisdom to people. You know, and and people do that in their community groups, and they do that in their meeting together in families, right? So, so let's talk a little bit about how, you know, there's times when we and people listening would be like, "Man, I really feel like the Spirit of God is telling me to give a word to somebody, or to challenge them, or to encourage them, or speak truth to them," right? So, like, I'm being led by the Spirit, so. I'm feeling compelled to speak a word to you, let's say. But then there's also times when we just need to say, you know what? I don't know what else I can say to that person right now. The Spirit of God is going to have to do something mm. and, and convict them themselves mm -hmm. because they're not listening to a human giving them that information at that time. So how? I guess the question there is, how do you know when to speak a word or when to just let the Spirit of God work in that person. There's wisdom there. Yeah, there really leading is. Leading there. So both are true. That's really a great question. And that is the that might be the question of the hour here, because uh, uh, the Bible tells us that uh, wise people in the book of Proverbs confront people. Uh, that has to happen from time to time. I need to have somebody come into my life. David needed Nathan. Right. And uh, so... Uh, and that changed everything when Nathan came in and said, thou art the man, you know, and, uh, and Paul needed, or Peter needed Paul to call him out for his hypocrisy. And the book of Galatians talks about that. So we have actual um, instances whereby God's people are confronted by God's people. And um, so when do you do that? You, you said it yourself. You, when you really feel like the Holy Spirit is leading you, if I'm convinced the Holy Spirit is leading me to confront somebody, but I better darn well confront him. Uh, right. And uh, right. um, 
but but I guess I think what I would do is I would uh, I would weigh my motivations. Why? What's driving this thing? Is it because I don't like him? Right. I don't like what he's done. The way he the way he rolls really upsets me. Really ticks me off. I, I'm probably not being driven by the Holy Spirit. Then I'm just I'm just upset. And uh, in fact, I may be upset for the right reason. He's he, what you know what what an idiot you know whatever what, or whatever. So we have reasons that motivate us to talk to somebody or confront somebody that are not even godly, even though the words we might say are true. It it could screw the whole thing up. In fact, um, but then there are times where you, you, your motivations are pure. You see this person is not doing this the right way and you want, you sense the Lord is leading you to speak to them. You're not going to yell at them. You're going to, but you might have to speak a firm word and exhort a word of exhortation. And then you do it. And, uh, and when it says, you know, the scripture says, encourage one another daily. And and another translation says, exhort one another. I mean, you know, it could mean to, and what is, what is, uh, uh, Hebrews, uh, 10 say, you know, you know, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not, you know, not forsaking the assembling ourselves, you know, but exhorting one another, encourage one another. But the, you know, there, there's some real active stuff going on there. And I do think we need, we can't be chickens. There ha- there are times where God is going to use you to play that role. Yeah. I loved what you said in the, in the message too, about, um, you were talking about spiritual gifts and, and the gifts that the Spirit gives to each of us, but how, you know, you had said something about if you see that in somebody to encourage them mm-hmm. and to point that out and say, listen, I've God has gifted you in this. Like you think differently, you act differently than yeah. I do. I don't do that, whatever. And I think that's even in the same sense here of the encouragement, encourage one another daily. You know, when, when we're, when God brings someone to our mind during the day, you know, I think of some somebody like in my community group, like, you know, I can I can push that aside and be like, oh, whatever. Or I can say, man, is that from is that from the spirit? Like telling me like you need to pray for them, you need to send them a text, you need to call them, you need to set up a coffee time with them. You know, it's also the the encouraging thing that could yeah. be God's using you to minister to other people in the body. Yep. Yep. And and we sometimes push that aside and I'm too busy, I don't have so like how how do you deal with that like when and I've I've heard you talk about Marilyn too or you know God will bring somebody to her mind and she'll text them right away or whatever you know yeah. like how do you deal with that because it's um, is it just oh I just thought of them or is that really the spirit of God moving I I, I think and I have talked about Marilyn she has instructed me in this way and uh, just by her actions and my advice would be to myself to you and those listening is. If the impulse, if you're walking with God and the impulse is positive, I mean, you're th- it's something to do that's going to help somebody, that's going to actually encourage somebody, that's going to build up somebody, or maybe in some case evangelize somebody. All those things are positive. I, I take that as a word from God. You know, I'd say you'd better think twice if it's a negative thing. Mm. I need to go over there and let them have it, you know. <laughs> the spirit of God is compelling me. <laughs> and maybe he is, and maybe he is. But but you better think twice before you do that. In fact, that reminds me. Um, just the other day, I was going back and forth with a friend who uh, had uh, was actually challenged by the message on Sunday. 
they were in the service, uh, you know, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. They were actually convicted about maybe going overboard with the person they love uh, and uh, maybe maybe hijacking the role of the Holy Spirit. You've never done that, have you, Abe? No, not at all. Yeah, so I think my wife has accused me on more than one occasion over the years of playing I the role. I can't imagine. I know, it's it's very irritating. <laughs> And I love those. I love those stories. You love to be. You love to be there when those things happen. Is what you love. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I told this friend of mine. I said, you know, I said, all of us have to be careful about playing the fourth member of the Trinity. And that's a that that's a that's tough. Mm. There have been times where Marilyn and I have had uh, maybe had an issue with each other on some. Uh, we exchanged some words and my, you know, I'm a word guy, you know? And so it's kind of like, I got the word, I'm ready. I lay it down here. This kind of, and, and every time it, it, if I would just think twice, I would say, I'd know, don't do that. But you know, I'm just too clever for that. So I would use the word and it never went well. Sometimes she would accuse me uh, of, she hasn't done this for a long time, but she, she'd say, Oh, are you the Holy spirit now? I hated that mm. uh, because I would, and I would defend it. No, I'm trying to be, you know, your husband here. And truth is I probably was playing the role of Holy Spirit and it was wrong because I've had other times where we had a, a difference and I wanted to say something and it would have been true, but I sensed the Lord saying, don't do that. Let me deal with that. And, and sure enough, almost on every occasion he does. I think we can trust him and we need to trust him, especially if you're dealing with another Christian who loves the Lord. Let me say that again, especially if you're dealing with a Christian who loves the Lord and reads his or her Bible. If they love the Lord and they're reading their Bible, that sin or whatever it is you need, you need to talk to them about, I'm guessing that's going to come up. Uh, you may not have to confront them. Yeah. But it, I don't know that I gave a, we're not giving a clear answer here, but I think we need to be willing to talk. If it's positive, I think you ought to go for it. If it's negative, you better ask yourself two or three times where your heart's at on that deal. Yeah. And then if, and you may get the green light every time, then you better go. You better, you better talk to him. Yeah. Uh, otherwise you trust the Lord to speak. Yeah, that's heart. a good word. It's a good, uh, the, the slowing down and really thinking through it and praying about it and asking for wisdom. And yeah, what's my motivation? I think that's like, is it for me personally so that I win the argument yeah. or is it for the betterment of that person? More people, more like Jesus, it's better for our church for me to speak a word to you yep. or whatever, right? Like yep. it, that's going to be those things that we have to measure and, and really think through and pray about. That's that's a really good word. So let's let's talk a little bit about that because you know there's the the response too. You know if I am confronted by somebody, somebody does bring something to me or does encourage me, like what's my response in that too? Like that's a that's a spirit led thing yeah. as well, right? Like oh I'm gonna bristle. You know if somebody brought something up, I'm gonna bristle against that and you know defend myself. The inner lawyer comes up, or I see that as a man. This this is a godly person. They love the Lord. They love me. They're speaking truth to me. I have to be able to take that and say, is this from the Lord? God's using this person in my life. Or no, this person's just trying to harm me. You know, their 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 motivation is wrong. I'm not going to listen to what they have to say. So what would you what would you say to the response like when when confronted? 
What's our response? I think the response, I think every, every Christian should be aware and be aware and maybe even memorize a very obscure verse of, in the Bible that almost nobody talks about. I talk about it a lot because the Lord convicted me on this a long time ago. And it's the, it's, it's the way in which I, I determine whether I'm guilty or not in every instance, like you said. It's Proverbs 26, verse 2. It says, like a sparrow in its flitting or a swallow in its flying, a curse that is causeless does not alight. That's pretty obscure. I, I, I ought to look up one of these uh, more lucid translations. Yeah, what version is that? That's that's ESV. Oh, you probably okay. thought I was reading King James. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty chunky, isn't it? <laughs> Let's pull out the NIV or something. <laughs> I'm gonna pull. I'm, I'm gonna pull up the Cabbage Patch version here real quick. <laughs> anyway, so the idea is we've all seen sparrows and swallows. They dart in and out all over the place, you know. But you never see them just sit down in front of you and. I had a I had an instance. Uh, I may have shared this on a podcast one other time, so forgive me, listener, if I've said this. But it's just a it's just a cool story. We were at a camp. I was with a bunch of guys. We went into one of the dorms of the camp. There, you know, they, all these bunk beds, you know, and we're throwing our stuff up there. The door was open, and a sw- and a sw- a swallow comes in, and it just darts all over. But I mean, you're a bunch of guys. We look like a bunch of little girls. We're ah, we're yelling, we're diving, we're ducking. The swallow's just dive bombing all over the place, but he never stopped. He never sat on any of us. He never pecked on any of us. You know, he never, never stopped. And you thought, oh, I'm going to get a rest here for a while. Eventually he just flew out the door. And this verse is what came to my mind. Like a, like a, like a, like a sparrow or a, or a swallow that are, you know, flying, flitting a curse. That'd be somebody's accusation against you. That is causeless. In other words, you didn't do it. It will not alight. In other words, it's not going to sit down. It's not going to light on you. It's not going to rest on you. That's the idea. And so when you get accused of something and you're not guilty, you don't feel guilty. It's kind of like bounces right off you. And you're sorry. The word, the English word is you're incredulous. Like what? What? Wait, what are you talking about? No, I, no, I never told her that. Or no, I, I didn't do that. It's causeless. And that's how I judge it. Mm. On the other hand, um, you and I were in a situation just the other day and uh, we were talking with somebody that uh, we'd had, uh, we'd had issues with in the past. We had some things we just hadn't ironed out. And, and I really thought I did everything I needed to do. And through a series of circumstances, I was reminded of something that had happened while we were trying to work things out with this person that I had done. And as soon as that person told me I did this, oh my goodness, Abe, it's like instantly the sparrow lit. I knew I screwed up. I knew I had spoken out of turn and I knew what I had said was true, but I didn't say it, uh, at the right time, that wasn't a timely word. It was an untimely word. And apparently that had hurt this individual. So when we all got to, when I got together with this individual, um, that one of the first things they did was just said, hey, I, I remember that. that. He didn't even have to bring it up. I brought it up and I just said, I, I know what I did. And I messed up. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that I wanted to clear the air with him, I wanted to ask for forgiveness, which I did, but I did it because the sparrow lit. 
Yeah, it's a good it's a good test to ask or right like does it land or does it not land? Yep, I mean, that's, that's exactly a, right. That's yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, and I think you brought this up in the message to you, but um, to grieve the spirit or to quench the spirit. Mm. That seems. I mean, a lot of people listening to this are believers. Um, let's just. What is that? Why does that happen? How do you know if you're quenching the spirit or grieving the spirit? Like, what are there signs? Because we're talking a lot about, you know, being spirit led, being spirit filled, where you really feel like God is speaking through you. But then there's the opposite of being like, man, I feel like I don't think the spirit's speaking to me at all. I feel very distant. I feel very dry. I feel like there's no leading, there's no direction. But that could be a because there's sin or you're grieving the spirit or quenching the spirit. Yeah, a couple things there. One, if you're sinning, then if you've sinned, then you, you are distancing yourself from God. I mean, you don't ever lose, if you're a Christian, you never lose your relationship with God, but but you can lose your closeness with him. Sin is what does that, right? And uh, so, but quenching the spirit is, I take that to be the active um, resistance to his leading. So that's when, that's when you sense the Lord is leading you to go talk to that person, yeah, or to go witness to that person, or to go minister to that person. It might just be like you—you you brought up Marilyn. I mean, it would be like Marilyn having the impulse, that positive impulse, and then, eh, I got, I've got, I got so, stuff to do. I got stuff. I, I don't have time. That's quenching the spirit, and you—you uh, you, you just. Lost an opportunity there. That's that's what happened there. And and it would be the other way too, right? If you felt compelled to go and confront somebody and you said, no, I'm, I mean, it would be that same thing, right? You would fear, I'm fearful or I don't want to, or they're going to respond differently. But then there's also the sense of like, but I really feel like the spirit is leading me to do this. And I, and I say, no. You're quenching the spirit. You're quenching the spirit. You're quenching the spirit. That's yeah. correct. So then, and then grieving the spirit. Well, I think they're two. They're the same thing. Uh, quench not the spirit. Uh, you know, that's a passage from First Thessalonians. That's that's so that's putting out the fire. I, okay, so I think I would go back to the positive thing. So First Thessalonians five says, "Don't quench the spirit." So to quench means to you. It means you're, you know, there's a fire there, and you're putting the fire out. Yeah. And to me, that's the spirit of God leading you to do something positive, and you resist it. And uh, grieving the spirit would probably be, you know, uh, I would take that to mean that you were actively sinning, doing something you just shouldn't do. And, and you know very well, because the spirit of God resides in you, this is a, this is a personal grief to him. Uh, and I, it's interesting, he says, don't grieve the spirit by whom you've been sealed under the day of redemption. I, I take that to mean how grateful should you be to have God himself residing in you and you're doing that. That's how I think that what that means. And so you grieve him. And if people are feeling dry or they are feeling distance, I think that would be a good question to ask is, is, is there sin in my life? Mm -hmm. Is there unrepentant sin? Do I need yeah. to confess sin? Do I need to deal with it? Um, because yeah, there very well may be something in your life that is causing that. And there's, you know, there's distance on some level. Yeah, and, and and it also, you know, some people, they just, 
they just think they'll do good or they'll do good or better in some other area. They'll do something to sort of assuage or cover up that hurt or that pain or that conviction. That never works either. You need to repent. You need to say you're sorry. You need to turn away from this or whatever it is you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. You think about men who look at pornography and then they just live in guilt for so long and understandably so, um, or, you know, or, or you're, you're doing something you ought not to. Maybe you're a business person. You're, you're doing something you know is unethical or, uh, you really almost have to prove that it's not unlawful what you're doing. That's, I would say that that rightly ought to bother you. And if it's bothering you, it might be because the Holy Spirit is telling you, just quit doing that. Take the higher road. Take the higher road. Yep. Lastly, let's talk about um, spiritual gifts. Uh, That was kind of, you know, he gives gifts, and that seems to be a pretty hot topic, I think, amongst most believers of what is my spiritual gift? I don't know if I have a spiritual gift, if, you know, any, um, you know, there's so many spiritual gift tests out there that people can take and do take. And, um, there's, there's lots of different thoughts on the gifts, you know, gifts that have ceased or are, you know, we don't necessarily need to get into all of that necessarily, but mostly, um, and you mentioned this in the message too about you know things that you're good at, things that people affirm you in. Those are all ways that you know. Man, I, multiple people are talking to me about this, and you know sometimes it's very clear to people, and other times it's not, or it takes time. But people can get discouraged because they, oh, you know, Pat Nemers, he's definitely got the gift of evangelism or speaking or leadership or whatever. Like it's not super clear, you know, in my my life. So. Am I less? Am I less than? <laughs> Is God really going to use me in the body? Yeah, and Abe, I can remember when uh, when you yourself came to me several years ago along this very line with tears in your eyes, uh, wondering if your gift was was worth having around since my gift was so prominent. Mm. And I remember I was you taught I was grieved. I my heart was grieved. I was convicted. I clearly had not communicated to you or just maybe some others that were around us how valuable that your gift was to our ministry. And I remember that very clearly because I, I was ashamed in that moment because, you know, the Bible tell in first Corinthians 12, the Bible talks extensively about the gifts and it says that the, the ones that are not as noticeable, they're more important than anything. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I love that. So, Hey, um, you better remember that. Now, I mean, I needed to remember that. And, um, I oftentimes look at some of the people around this church that exercise their gifts of service. And I sometimes stop, literally, I some, I'm, I've never shared this openly before. I sometimes stop and I think, Lord, I wonder in heaven, they're going to be so much closer to you than I am. I mean, they just serve you so faithfully. I look at Tanner Archer over here. I just, you know, our listeners need to know, he's putting together a video for our uh, for our counseling pastor who's going into semi-retirement. It was a great video. And I sent him a text the other day and thanked him for it. And, you know, he barely acknowledged my, of course. he's right on to what we're going to be doing in a couple of days. Like, gee whiz, Tanner. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, but he just wants to serve and it really, and it's very powerful to me. And I often wonder how much God favors that above 
the uh, the gifts that are more prominent, like some of the ones that I have, you know. And um, I I get that. It's very humbling to me and really kind of just challenged me. I better, be, I better get better at what I do best because mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to stand before God too. But I would say to the listener, everybody should know 1 Peter 4.10. It's one of those obscure. I put those passages up there. By the way, I never got any props for that those two slides I put up there, Abe, the one with all the passages like Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, and the next one I said, and if you're Jason Jackson, and I put the category, did you not smile when I did that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, I figured Jason would be, I mean, that, that I thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm li- sorry, listeners. I just, just a little insider it was thing. Very good. Good job. <laughs> Way to go. Jason Jackson is the consummate, you know, uh, processor and stuff. And, and so I took all these passages uh, that the gifts are referred to in. And then, then I, I put another slide up that categorized right. them, yep. alliterated them. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That, that was a waste it of helps. three minutes. It helps for people to yeah. see it that way. Anyway, first Peter 4.10 says, as each, that is each Christian, has received a gift. Just listen to this. As each one has received the gift. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as stewards of God's varied grace. That, that word varied, I, if I, I'm not looking at the Greek right now, but I think it's the word we get our word polka dot from. And polka dots come in different sizes and colors, and so do gifts, and God's grace is is always there for all these gifts. He infuses us with his power to exercise our gifts. But everybody has a gift. You have a gift. You have at least a gift. And it's likely, in some cases, you'll have more than one. And, you know, I just go back to what I said, Abe, in the message that, you know, if God has given you the gift, the best way to know what your gift is is just love and serve God. Love God, serve God, and it'll start to become apparent what you're good at. I mean, you're a perfect example of this. You really are. I mean, you you were the youth pastor for eight years and uh, and uh, and and then but suddenly really, and I think because you were gifted in administration, you were being you you know you were you were being stymied, so to speak. And I you know, I don't know that you looked at me as stymying you, but you said, hey, I you got to let this bird out of the cage here or I'm going to just have to leave because I, I got to, I just can't continue to just do youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we, as we went through all that, then I went on this, uh, not a sabbatical, but it was a day away. And you, you listed all the things you thought you could do to enhance what I do as a leader. And, you know, I knew then when I looked over that, that, wow, this guy really wants to administrate uh, what we're right. doing here. And so the gift of administration is clearly in you, and it's been affirmed over and over and over again throughout your life. Uh, and it's not the only gift you have, but it's it's super prominent in your life. And uh, I don't think I don't know if any and nobody thinks of administration as a prominent gift, you know. But when somebody has it, it's like, oh yeah, he's got that gift. Yeah, yeah. I love I love. I love the spiritual gifts and the the body and the picture of the body. Uh, I just think it is, I think for the listener to just remember, and I've said this before, you know, like what's, what's the most important gift? I'll ask people that. And I, I say, it's the one that God gave you. 
right? Like if he's given us a gift or given us multiple gifts, like we need to use those gifts, not for our own benefit, not so that we look great and not that we look, oh, like, wow, you're a great administrator, Abe, but God gave that to me and I need to use it for the betterment of this church and God's kingdom and his glory, right? Like, I, I love that aspect because everybody's is different. Like you have to evangelize and lead and preach. That's who God made you to be. And if you don't do that, I would say you're being disobedient. I would say like, you're not making our church better, mm-hmm. this church better. And I'm not making the church better, you know? And Tanner needs to do the stuff he does behind the scenes for for God's glory. And I think when everybody can see that and understand that, I just think it's a, it's such a cool picture. I, lo- I love seeing it. I love people... When they're in their gifting, you can just see like the joy and like, I remember talking to somebody and saying like, they're like, oh, I hate doing this and this and this. And like, so it's so draining to me. And I'm like, there's people who love to do that. And they looked at me and said, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Like I said, yes, there are people in this church that love to do that stuff. They, they get joy doing that. Even though you hate doing it, there are people that love that. It's just a matter of putting those people in the right pieces and in the right place so that they can use that gifting to better the church. Well, and that's that to me there are a few things that are better illustrate the the necessity of the body of Christ and why everybody should be in a local church. Everybody who knows Christ should be in a local church using their gifts. And uh, if you're a listener out there and you're not using your gifts, I'm just going to be, I, I got a word from God right here, okay? <laughs> Let me think about it and pray about it right now. <laughs> Lord, can I say this? Okay, I'm going to say it. Get off your duff and serve Jesus in your local church because if you're not, you're sinning yeah. because God, the Holy Spirit, has given you a gift or gifts, and they're not just to possess. They're gifts to be used. And nobody has all the gifts. Yeah. You need my gifts I need your gifts. We need one another's gifts. And just before we came into this, a missionary came through. You saw that and you met him. Missionary came through. He wanted, he just wanted to know, he wants to go back to his country. He wants to import or export, I guess. Uh, No, he wants to import. He wants to take in the gifts that we, uh, he wants to take it, what we're doing in this network, in the engaged network. And he had lots of questions and I was answering the questions. And in the process, I said, I said, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to send 100 people, about 100 people. We don't know. It'll probably be 100-ish that will leave this church to go to the next church. And let me tell you something. You don't just, they're, they're not just 100 schmucks leaving this church. These are 100 people that love God. They're serving Jesus right now. They're utilizing their gifts here at Sailorville Church. And they're going to be creating all kinds of holes, big holes, like really big holes. And uh, I said, that's the wisdom of church planning, because if we never church plant, we just create a really deep bench. And the deeper the bench gets, the less people utilize their gifts. I said, if you look around, you go to these seven engaged churches, what do you see? You see people serving the Lord. You see them on staff, you see them in children's ministry. You see them as deacons. See a recent one as an elder in one of our churches. They were all members of this church at one time. And would they be in, I know that elder the elder in that church wouldn't be an elder here. Yeah. I know deacons, there's one deacon in church I'm thinking of. He wouldn't be a deacon here. Not that, he's, not that he wouldn't be worthy of being a deacon here. Just, you know, sending him out allowed him to, to serve there. And I'm kind of getting off, but the whole point is the church needs your gift. Yeah. So, you know, and so churches that are growing and releasing people constantly like ours is, is in constant need of other people's gifts. Yeah. 
And so if you're a Sailorville person listening out there and you're not serving, I have another word from God for you. (laughs) (laughs) We are on a roll. (laughs) Use your gift. Yeah. Yeah. You're hurting the body by not using your gift. Yeah. We're we're suffering, not just you personally, but the whole church is suffering. We could be stronger. We could be more. We could be more impactful by you using gift. And there's joy. There's joy in that. I think a lot yeah. of people are just they're discouraged and sad and everything, but they're not serving. They're not using the gifting that God has given to them. And that's everybody wants to be used. Everybody wants to make an impact and be a part of what God's doing. So. Yeah, it's a good it's a good word to finish on and good Amen. a good uh, challenge. So, if you didn't hear that clearly, if you're not serving, we would love for you to serve whatever that looks like, and however you're gifted. Um, yeah, that just would be would be great, even just to be a part of the body and what God's doing. So, Amen. Thank you.